0: Hey guys, welcome to the Podtendo Podcast. Uh, we spend the first couple minutes uh, just rambling, freestyling, you know, shooting the breeze. Uh, so if you're interested in just the sound of the, today's game, uh, click ahead. You hear a sound cue, we'll get into show proper. And then we'll take you on a magical adventure through the world of Hyrule. But first, we're going to talk about, I don't know, some random topic. We've been talking for a little while now before this. We should kind of save some of those like weird rants probably for this part of the podcast. So, Tyson, what's going on?
1: You know... It's not too much, still freezing my butt off out there, but it is slowly getting warmer, so that's that's a good thing. Spring um,
0: is almost here. Yeah. Uh, I I was just watching a baseball game today and I was fine I I like baseball and I think more because it like emulates the fact that it's not just gonna be cold and freezing outside, I can actually go outside more than I actually like baseball, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kinda like just a sign of like, ah, winter's ending. Baseball season.
0: Yeah. Very true. Uh, so going through, uh, I recently moved, uh, bought a bunch of bookshelves. I got a lot of bookshelves. I think I counted. I had something like eighteen shelves that I could put stuff on. Uh, so I've got kind of like some sports like memorabilia, my like little like fantasy football trophies, uh, different variety of games. Jesus, I have like. Uh, 3DS, DS games, uh, Game Boy Advanced games, GameCube games, Wii games, PS3, PS4, uh, plethora of books, movies, and stuff like that. The one thing that I was going through that I think I spent the most time, like, reminiscing about was X-Men cards. Mm, eh? Yes. There's something about an X-Men card in a plastic sleeve and a binder of these cards. And just for some reason, I I touched one the other day, and, like, the euphoria that washed over me as a result of it was extraordinary. And, like, that's tough to explain to someone about this little piece of paper that's got this, like, nice plastic on it, and it's kind of shiny, and it smells good. And, like, keeping in the little individual sleeves? It's a good time, you know?
1: (coughs) Yeah, and we grew up kind of in the, like the golden age of just like amazing great art as well as like we had retro was still available. Like I remember going to was it what was it? Pages? Pages? in Cranbrook. Oh yeah, the book emporium. Yep. Uh going there and actually just being able to like see just the big booster uh boxes in the back and just wanted to buy one so badly as a kid. But yeah. then they came out with the basically like full old retro collections where to just re release re releases. So they like did like the 1990s all in one big pack. And mom, mom actually bought us a couple of those. So we just got like full sets of cards. It's like, man, that was like the glory days of just yeah. going to the old, uh, yeah. pages and
0: it was it was like straight up like stuff you did on the playground because i remember yeah like you'd buy a couple decks of these cards you get 15 cards out of a hundred and then all of a sudden your friend has like 17 of them and you're like oh great and he's like I'll sell them to you for a dollar and you're like heh, stupid and he's going ha hey, stupid and then the older kid in school had some more and all of a sudden like your 15 cards became like a 70 card almost collection and then you' were like well now I need all of them yeah, but it was weird how it just like it turns like a lot of these people had had all these cards and whatnot, right? So I don't know. It's it's interesting in that sense.
1: Yeah, and it was yeah. you know, it was just so it was just so interesting because each set had their own different styles. So some were like very much like the TV show. Some were very much like like try to go really realistic. Someone look some look like oil paintings like. Yeah, that's true.
0: The Fleer, or, like, the Ultra, I think they were Fleer cards, the 94 or 95 set, I remember. Uh, There was that one that I got, like, 150 for Christmas, and it was a big deal. And one girl, she invited everyone to her birthday party but me for some reason, and then I was like, what if I gave you all my girl X-Men cards? And she said, okay. But now I had this complete 150 cards that I had to then go and get, like, X, like, start collecting again because i had given up like a good real estate of my girl cards oh no <laughs> yeah and like, i i rebuilt it and i got it and like it's it's all good now but
1: man <sighs> i guess the whole like the x-men fleer ultra 95 150 original cards going for like 38 bucks plus five bucks for shipping
0: it's not very much no <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it's like it's like man i want to buy it
0: <laughs> yeah oh i see from like but a buy yeah i'm like i'm not gonna sell that for that price but that is one of those things where i'm just like uh just like it's i, I imagine people have the same affinity for like baseball cards and stuff and that's why baseball cards are so popular because they just bring you to this like this this is such a nice place so it's yeah, good yeah I'm excited. I'm excited to get a big binder and get, like, sheets and then sit there and, like, fill out all your cards and, like, magic cards. I was doing that the other day, too, looking at all my magic cards, and I'm like, ooh, this is fun. And I think that's why I like buying magic cards. is just, like, that moment where you get to, like, I'm going to take these, like, 200 cards and just sort them into colors.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And just, like, that, that, like, 20 minutes you spend just sorting them and then putting them in the binder, and you're like, oh, done. And you don't look at them for six months. But, like, that 10 minutes, it's worth it.
1: Yeah, and I'm one of those people that I uh, I, I definitely, like, I'm I'm, I'm super, like, rid- ridiculous about my, my sorting. But when uh, I met my girlfriend, she literally just, like, sorted everything and did it, like, alphabetically better than I did. It's like, well, I guess I just don't get to do these anymore. <laughs> so, but it's, oh, it's nice. It's nice
0: to, like, almost, like, mix them up and, like.
1: Yeah, well, when just... we moved, everything got shook around, so I'm sure it's all messed up, but. Unfortunately, I just don't get out, just don't bust out like three boxes of these darn things. Just one of those things where, like, if I need to downsize anything, it's probably my magic cards.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Very fair indeed. Uh, I feel like I don't know what the best volume is, and I'm really afraid that I'm going to be like very quiet on all these podcasts. So I'm playing around with that. So if I like sound, (laughs) my volume varies throughout these, like, this podcast. Uh, I shouldn't have fucked around, obviously. I shouldn't have fucked around indeed. But on that note, let's get into the, today proper, shall we? Yeah.
1: Did you see the latest Nintendo newsletter? Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. You mean you haven't played it yet? We can play it on my Nintendo Entertainment System. It's the Legend of Zelda, and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ganon are pretty bad. Tech Tektik's Levers too. With your help, our hero pulls through Yeah, go Link, yeah, get some Awesome Intense The Nintendo Entertainment System Your parents help you hook it up The Legend of Zelda sold separately
0: Welcome to the PodTendo Podcast Where we analyze, reminisce And replay the glory Of old Nintendo games I'm trying to do like Old school wrestler voice Like announcer voice while I do that We can be contacted on Twitter at Podtendo Podcast. Email us at Podtendo at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podtendo or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Podtendo. I'm your co host, The Ring Announcer Mick, and I'm joined every episode in this corner by my co host,
1: Tyson. Just straight up Tyson. Of the jungle! <laughs> <laughs> uh. I love when you commit to a bit.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, that's the one thing, is I when I commit to something, I basically just run with it, mm. so.
1: I think you learn learned that so, from watching a lot of Ernest movies.
0: Yeah, well, and also I was thinking about it the other day, I saw a picture at mom and dad's house where I'm doing the Mr. Kennedy voice, and remember that one summer I just became Mr. Kennedy the wrestler? I And I'd walk around and be like, Mr. Kennedy, <laughs> and then he pauses. Yes. Kennedy <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would just do that like all the time yes. and it just upset I don't even think I watched like I don't know I don't think I watched wrestling that much just for some reason it like resonated in my brain and I was like oh that's kind of fun so
1: <laughs> just being the center of the attention
0: yeah, I was like, I'm just going to be Mr. Kennedy. And they're like, who? And I'm like, uh, you don't know who Mr. Kennedy is? Only going to be the biggest wrestler ever. And he's definitely not going to be busted for steroid abuse and then, like, breaking his hand twice.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I think he got fired because he had broke his shoulder and he came back and the, literally his very first match he broke his hand. So they were like, we're firing you because you're obviously terrible at this.
1: So. <laughs> That's fair. That's a reason yeah. to fire somebody.
0: Yeah, random wrestling. It's... It's a good time. It's a good time indeed. But if you're listening to today's show and you've never listened before and you have no idea what that rambling was and you're like, why did I listen to this? I don't know. Uh, that was our preamble. Now we get into today's show. It's exciting stuff. Today we're specifically looking at, and we're celebrating by looking at probably our like favorite game in the first 49 shows. And we're going to relook really at Zelda 1 and 2. But... With different glasses. So this isn't going to be so much a retrospective where we look back and we talk about the actual gameplay and the level and the game design. We're going to look more back about what was, what environment, what kind of culture bred these games and gave these wonderful little titles to us. The first game we're going to look at is The Legend of Zelda for the NES. The release date was February 21st, 1986. How Long to Beat has this game at 9 hours price that was released was forty nine ninety nine, and if we factor in inflation, that would be $93.95. Current eBay price, you can get a copy of this for about $30, anywhere to $130 for a complete in-box copy. eShop price, you can pay $5 and get this on your Wii, Wii U, or 3D Store. So, it's pretty fun.
1: Yeah, I actually have this game... Both uh, this game and its sequel on my uh, 2DS. So it's nice to just be able to have access to these games wherever I want.
0: Uh, It is very accessible, too. Because, I mean, there are these NES throwback collections that they came out back with in the 2000s. You can get that for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, There's the Zelda uh, collection, so it's kind of like the Mario All-Star Pack for the GameCube. I think I have that. Uh, And then I think it was actually an unlockable game in Animal Crossing, too. So if you have the original Animal Crossing for GameCube, you can unlock a bunch of classic NES games, which Nintendo would never do nowadays. But it's kind of a neat experience if you have that. So Mm -hmm. very interesting. All right, so one of the reasons why we don't see more juiced, more hyped more into it is because I want to go back in time and I want to explore February 21st, 1986 with our patented Wayback Machine. So what we do is we fire up the machine, we head back in time and then we're like, do we want to like live here? Do we want to you know like waste the juice of our big time machine to go back in time? The answer is probably no because I feel like all times suck from what we've decided. So, all times suck. Look at our favorite tv show could it be why well, actually i tell tyson about two tv shows he then laughs maniacally and says why would you tell us and then i play a song so could it be cheers specifically season four episode 19 dark imaginings while sam and woody com- compete with each other at a racquetball for a young woman named bonnie it seems weird sam develops a hernia Soon he's unable to bear the pain any longer. While hiding it from others, he secretly goes to the hospital under the assumed name Lance Mannion until the others find out at the bar. After Sam returns from the hospital, Woody slaps Sam's butt, causing Sam to suffer another hernia and prompts him, uh, prompting him to return to the hospital. Oh God, this sounds terrible. Or how about the episode GI Joe, specifically episode one? Or season one, episode 55. Because apparently there was lots of G.I. Joes per season. That doesn't sound right. But I think it is. I think there's only, like, three episodes of G.I. Joe, but there's, like, 180 episodes, so...
1: Three seasons and there's, like, 180 episodes, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. I don't know why I kept screwing that up. That's weird. There's no place like Springfield, part two. Lisa and Bart go on...
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) man, I was gonna be like, please... (laughs) Please have a character named, like, Homer or anything.
0: No. Unfortunately, G.I. Joe, when Shipwreck is plagued by nightmares of what happened to him six years past. Uh, but soon he discovers this might be Cobra's pr- plan to retrieve a stored formula of Operation Hot Water from his mind. While Zalt- Zalt- Zartan creates G.I. Joe's sinfoid copies of materials called plasma to look at the real thing. Knowing something is amiss when man, you know what? Wikipedia, you should really edit. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't. People read very clearly
1: well. write for on Wikipedia are drunk. Like <laughs> knowing
0: something is amiss when he realizes he didn't age. Shipwreck calls the Joes to Temple Alpha, Springfield's true area, and they plan to take down Cobra once and for all. So, all right, Tyson. Of those terrible hernia joke cheers, or the I. Simpsons like episode of GI Joe which of those do you think would be your favorite
1: I would probably say GI Joe even though Cheers does have a fun side thing about homegrown vegetables to for famous people or some shit Ugh.
0: Oh yeah that's right Frazier professionally consults Cliff about an unusual comparison of homegrown vegetables to famous people however Cliff confronts Frazier for billing him hundreds of dollars for each session Still comparing the two groups. G.I.
1: Joe. Joe! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble.
0: G.I. Joe is there! G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe is there! G.I. Joe! Maybe, Mick, in the future. Here's a note for you. Maybe you should edit down those things, or, like like, summarize them a little quicker. Right. Noted. And I <laughs> you and me both
1: that, need to take yes. notes on that
0: <laughs> Alright. Well, you know what they say. Show 50 is definitely where you start learning how to edit your notes and reading and writing. Or top TV shows. We could be watching The Cosby Show, Golden Girls, Cheers, Dynasty, Growing Pain, or Miami Vice. So those all sound great. But what about other top cartoons? We could be watching Dungeons & Dragons, Star Wars, Droids, Ewoks, Spider Man and his amazing friends, Mask, Transformers, or GI Joe. Yeah,
1: that Those see could all be fun. Car- these all these cartoons are very appealing.
0: They do sound actually not bad. Yeah. Like I'd go back and watch them. I think at one point I was supposed to like research and like look into Dungeons and Dragons or something like that. I didn't really do that, so oops. Or how about top music? So. The top three songs according to the Billboard charts back in February 21st, 1986. So maybe we're going back in time, we're like, I don't really like the movie, I don't really like this. What I bet you we will like is the number three song, Say You, Say Me by Lionel
1: Richie. <laughs>
0: Ever heard that song? No. Yeah, me neither. Alright. How about the number two song? That's what friends are for by Dion.
1: And bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. That's what friends are for. So, yep, yeah, that... The song. Alright.
0: How about the number three song? How Will I Know by Whitney Houston?
1: So, uh, remaining constant, music still always sucks.
0: Yeah, TV, eh. cartoons, they're eh, not bad. What about top? Video games of the year? We could be playing Bubbled Bubble Bobble, Metroid, Dragon Quest, Castlevania, Kid Icarus, and Alex Kidd in Miracle World, so...
1: Alex Kidd, everyone!
0: Alex <laughs> Kidd, the weird monkey boy with sideburns.
1: Yes, the legend himself.
0: The legend that is. Uh, or we could be watching... Okay, so, like, video games, not bad, but what about t- movies? We went to the cinema. What are the top movies out this month? This week? They are Bliss, Dream Lover, The Frog Prince, The Hitcher, or Nine and a Half Weeks. So...
1: I guess you can save your money and just buy more more video games. More, buy yeah. more copies of Alex Kid.
0: Yeah, that's... I, I think we've kind of always determined that movies that are, like, debut these weeks are never really great. Songs, nothing great, and, uh... Yeah, that's kind of it. So, Tyson, you have a new part of this show.
1: Yeah, I apparently had extra time on my hands, so I added notes for a change. I want Mick to pick the worst thing in TV. I do actually have, like, this is supposed to be compared to the other one, but this... So I I was originally going to make Mick choose, but I, I decided to break him up between this and Zelda 1 and Zelda 2, since we're doing both today. So the worst thing this year... Was uh, the mystery of Al Capone's vault by uh, Geraldo Rivera? Basically, they opened up Al Capone's vault because he was supposed to have a bunch of secret stuff in it, and they it turns out it's empty minus garbage. So basically, they made this huge live broadcast event, and they never actually checked what was in the vault. So they just like opened it up, and there was just nothing—just crickets and garbage, you know. Like so, every, every, all those people who were sitting at home, it's like. It's going to be a huge mystery. We never know what kind of things can be solved. Here's literally an hour wasted of your life. A two hour <laughs> wasted of your life.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, that does sound pretty terrible. Like, why wouldn't they have checked? And, like, found people who didn't know what was going on and they have them report? But you'd think a producer somewhere was like, ah, I better have a look first.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one person. One person just be like, you know, if we're going to greenlight this two-hour live broadcast on national television, someone might want to do a fact check here. It's like, no, no. Well, best, no one knows. All right, I like
0: it. I like I, I like the concept. I'm going to keep it in my mind. I, uh, Geraldo trying to sell a two-hour <laughs> mystery of here's a bunch of garbage in this safe. <laughs> All right. Yes. Now we've traveled back in time, eh, be honest with you. February 21st, 1986. Not really doing much for me. Let's get into the development details. Now that we understand this time better, and see if we understand what was going on in this game. The development team worked on The Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Brothers concurrently and tried to separate their ideas. Super Mario Brothers was a linear uh, was to be linear where the action occurred in a strict sequence, whereas The Legend of Zelda was supposed to be the opposite. In Mario, Miyamoto downplayed the importance of high scores uh, in favor of simply completing the game. The concept was carried over to The Legend of Zelda. Miyamoto was also uh, in charge of deciding the concept of where Zelda ideas were and where Mario Contrasting with Mario, Zelda was made uh, non-linear and forced players to think about what they should do next. In the initial game design, the player would start the game... With the sword already in their inventory, according to Miyamoto, those in Japan were confused and had trouble finding their way through the multiple path dungeons. Rather than listening to the complaints, Miyamoto took away the sword, forcing players to communicate with each other and share their ideas to find various hidden secrets in the game. A symbol of courage, strength, and wisdom, Link was designed by Miyamoto as a coming-of-age motif for players to identify with. He begins the game as an ordinary boy, but strengthening to triumphant over the battle of evil. Fuck you, Wikipedia. The name of Princess was inspired by Zelda Fitzgerald. Zelda was the name of the wife of the famous novelist F. Scott Fitzgerald. The Zelda story uh, setting was initially supposed to include technology elements such as time traveling main characters and a Triforce made out of electronic circuits. Eh? While well, the final game followed mm. a more traditional fa- uh fantasy setting, Subtu- subsequent games in the series have used more modern-based technology. So, kind of neat. Yeah, very neat. Very neat indeed. So, uh,
1: I, did, I didn't know that they were ever actually going to include any sort of electronic circuits, but now playing Breath of the Wild. Eh? Eh?
0: Eh? I know, yeah. very. I, I've heard that before. That was there was those moments like some type of like sci-fi elements, but they just went kind of pure, clean, uh, like fantasy Robin Hood kind of settings, which I think played yeah. out right too.
1: All high fantasy, stuff. yeah,
0: very, very high fantasy. So now that we're done from the development details, no one had to sleep in any cardboard in a cold office to make this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so current playthrough. Specifically, we'll look at just the game in this section. So typically, if you're listening to a normal section, you'll have Wayback Machine, development details, cultural significance, and then we'll talk about our experience with the game. We've already done that. So just briefly, I went back and played through this game. Uh, The current playthrough, basically, we are Link. After getting your sword, we battle through nine dungeons and explore a vast world to rescue Princess Zelda. Uh, I found that probably through the first seven dungeons, didn't really have an issue, I uh, got to levels 8 to 9, had to pull up a map, double-check this or that. Uh, I think it probably only took me a few hours. So uh, not a lot has changed. Uh, some of the insight that we got into, right, like the leveling up of some of your spells and your books, I think holds up and makes sense in, in our context. Uh, Tyson, did you go back and replay this game?
1: I did. I I like Zelda Two a little bit more than I like this one, so me replaying it this time, I tried to really be a little bit more open and just kind of take it with a fresh opinion and it was good it was actually a lot of like uh, i i breezed through the first five or six dungeons without even kind of like thinking too much about it and i've only really played this game a handful of times um played it all, or sorry played it all the way through maybe a handful of times and it uh it's honestly it's starting to grow on me like it this game it's Pretty tight, like I mean, I, I'm still not the greatest fan of the uh, combat, but that's that is it is what it is, and I think it's pretty awesome. So it's if you haven't played it, worth a shot, and don't be afraid to grab a map.
0: <laughs> Very true. Nice. Uh, has anything changed since your first show, uh, or maybe your opinions have changed? I personally think it still holds up. Uh, the number of influences that this game has is just amazing. Uh, whether playing blind or following a map, I think you're in for an action-packed time. I would love to see an HD release of this game, so don't change anything. Just simply give me HD graphics. So give me a new Link sprite, and maybe he can like, you can be Toon Link, or he can be Link to the Past Link, or even like Ocarina of Time Link. Uh, give me the exact same game, the exact same gameplay, those updated graphics. I will give you $60, Nintendo. Just give me, do that for me. Don't do anything different, just that
1: yeah <clears throat> I think if they did that and even just put it on the like 3ds or whatever and then just that's the perfect platform for it. It's easy it's portable and I think it's this game shines so much with its portability nowadays whereas before you obviously you had to be like stuck to a TV so you'd have to hog it because you can just kind of like like watch have this like be playing this while you're watching a movie yeah. or just eating dinner or whatever it makes it so much more accessible and it kind of like lets you do all the little backtracking parts and it's not repetitive. It's not, it's not, it doesn't feel dry. It feels like you're always like learning something new and there's always something to, for me, I'm, I feel like I'm always trying to remember something something new every single time cuz I haven't mastered it, mastered it. Yeah, so, there's a lot to kind of sink your teeth into.
0: Nice. Very nice indeed. Let's look at what the cultural significance of this game could be. So, I thought of first entries that built a franchise. So, here are some games that established these epic or some things that this game established, it was conspir- it's considered a spiritual forerunner of the modern RPG. Even though it lacks things such as experience points, it established Link, Zelda, Ganon, Impa, and the Triforce. We well, even nowadays, if you mention that to like random people on the internet, they would probably be like, "I know exactly who you're talking about." That's how impactful this game is. The overworld theme and distinctive secret found jingle has appeared in nearly every subsequent Zelda game. It's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Very exciting indeed. <clears throat> it has sold... I, Sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just... I have a side question. It's like, do you, I wonder how many people actually have, like, a Legend of Zelda, like, theme tattoo. Like, do you think it's thousands or do you think it's millions?
0: Uh... I don't think millions. That seems like a lot. But uh, I bet you like, yeah, hundreds of thousands, probably somewhere around there. Okay. You know, something like okay. that. I've often thought of getting the Triforce on the back of my hand. Like if I was to get, get a tattoo, I think that would be a really cool one. So,
1: yeah. just, just like an Ocarina Just of time. like an
0: Ocarina Time. This game has sold 6.5 million copies worldwide. I don't think this number includes digital copies. So that's a lot of copies that exist out there it was so successful that it spawned its own merchandise line its own serial and its own crappy animated series let's look at other firsts that created the franchise specifically firsts that were successful they spawned a franchise i don't know why i wrote that sentence twice sometimes i think wikipedia and me have the same writing ability
1: so you're saying that you write for Wikipedia? Uh, no,
0: hmm. I one time changed something, but then I got like an email saying like, "Don't do that," and I said, "Okay, I'm sorry."
1: <laughs> don't, no, no, don't, don't do, do that. that.
0: <laughs> uh, so the first one, Star Wars, released in 1977. Star Wars revolutionized how the sci-fi genre should be presented and set its expectation. It created a multi-billion-dollar franchise uh, and was later branded Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Before the rebranding, we saw Lucas launch toy lines, comics, and books that dove into the obscure aspects of this movie. Or Jurassic Park. This 1993 film, adaptation of the book of the same name, has spawned a franchise that has earned approximately $5 billion. It is technically two film series that precedes it. A toy line, t-shirts, backpack, lunchboxes can all still see today so you can go down to the mall i bet you there's a guy in a jurassic park t-shirt so it's a pretty big franchise and i say technically two film series because technically it goes jurassic park one two and three and in another world it goes jurassic park and then jurassic park lost world in a different timeline is that so i believe so i believe that jurassic world takes place in a world where jurassic parks two and three didn't happen
1: could be i think you're probably right on that one <clears throat> But the crazy thing about both these um, movie franchises is um, they're some of the highest grossing movies of all time. So, like, if you look up some of the highest grossing movies, I think both these are in the top five. I could be mistaken about Star Wars, but I'm pretty sure it's in there. Oh, it
0: has to. Like, if you look at the franchise as a whole, like, they definitely, like, I think they're definitely, like, multi-billion dollars, five billion dollars. And the best part of Star Wars and Jurassic Park is they both have the honor, and I say that with the highest distinction, of being a part of great Weird Al songs, so.
1: Yes, and I really, uh, if you don't appreciate Weird Al Yankovic, I feel like you're the type of person that doesn't like laughing at anything.
0: I feel like you were going to go really, like, mean on that one, and you toned it back considerably, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I- Really eased off. Very
0: fair. Uh, Or the movie Jaws. This 1975 film, based on another book, is considered a watershed film in motion picture history. Spawning three other films that have grossed $800 million at the box office. It also has its own theme park ride, trading cards, and dumb video game. So, that's pretty exciting. And it's actually so renowned that people have stopped making Jaws movies because... They know they can never make a Jaws movie that's as good as the first Jaws movie. And they're just like, let's not tarnish this franchise anymore. No other franchise has that distinction. So good job, Jaws. Or how about something more current? Despicable Me. A 2010 film that came out of nowhere. It has these things called Minions in it. If you don't know what a Minion is, go look at any child ever and they have a Minion on their shirt. The Minions... Along with the solid storytelling, has helped this franchise grow over four billion dollars over the course of form films. So, well done, Nick. Yes,
1: any child ever.
0: Well, you, probably any child ever. Uh, little bit of a sound...
1: sorry, I, 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 you, you dropped off after you said any child ever.
0: Oh, any child ever. <laughs> uh, Any child, I think I was saying, just look at the minions on the shirts, uh, and then I kind of read the rest of the notes on Despicable Me. Tyson, I know Despicable Me is a movie franchise that you quite enjoy. Do you enjoy the later (laughs) adaptations, or you just more of a fan of like the first one?
1: Uh, The first one. Okay, they've kind of lost their luster, and it just kind of became a same joke again kind of franchise. And became like, hey, Garfield's
0: fun and it's kind of satirical to, oh, look, there's Garfield hanging in every window in every car. So,
1: Yeah, and they're handling the new Grinch movie that just came out, or that's just coming out, and the trailer doesn't look very good mm. at all, and, but it's also voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch, and I don't, I just don't think that he's as special as everybody thought he was, and I don't think that he's like a comedic like gem that can, can carry a movie I I just that one that one raises some red flags but the reason I say this is because they also have the Mario movie rights so they are making a Mario movie coming out interesting and the people who have who Illumination who own Despicable Me have the rights to that, so they'll be handling that. Very
0: nice, very nice. So
1: so we'll see. So it's kind
0: of culturally significant. I think Zelda, when you go to talk about it, you have to look at it, the franchise the whole and just what it's done and how prominent it is just in pop culture nowadays. It's it's huge. It's as big as Jaws, Jurassic Park. Pickle Me, any of those things are, and probably, like, has sustaining power greater than some of those things, to be honest with you. So that kind of ends up just the first section where we looked at kind of the cultural, historical significance of the Zelda game. Uh, yeah, and I think with that, we'll move right on to our second game today, and we'll go to The Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link! Watch Zelda become a legend
1: on your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda! Which way you go? (laughs) Good times. p p p pee Leavers. Zelda. 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 The Legend of Zelda. A never-ending adventure new for your Nintendo
0: Entertainment System. Zelda! Sorry, I kind of like burped halfway through that. I'm just so unprofessional. I disgust myself. The release date of this beautiful game was January 14th, 1987. How long to beat has this game at? 14 hours of pure fun. I think I wrapped this game playing back through it in about 3-4 to four hours. Price at release was $49.99. And if we factor in inflation, that would be $93.95. Current eBay price for this game would be anywhere from $13. 13 bucks for this game good value or you can get an inbox copy for eight hundred and eighty dollars. So Oof. yeah. Yeah.
1: Just buy the digital copy and sit and just pat yourself on the back for being smart. There you
0: go. Uh eShop price for this game is four ninety nine on the Wii Wii U and 3DS Store. You can also play it on the NES Throwback Collection on the Game Boy Advance, the Zelda Collection for the GameCube, it's unlockable on Animal Crossing for the GameCube, and of course, it's available on the NES Classic, but no one owns those, so you might as well just spend $180 for an in-box copy. Stupid NES Classics.
1: Yeah, what a fricker when is that second wave of those things coming out?
0: I don't, I mean, you know what, in all fairness, they could be out right now in stores, and I just haven't went onto that section of the internet and checked into it so i mean it could be out right now we're not sure
1: i've been looking there okay up.
0: <laughs> all right uh you can't like there's a replica one it's like 80 dollars or something like, that, like 90 dollars. it comes apparently it's like a really good replica it even comes in a box like if something's different about it no i think that's like someone's just replicated it and selling it out of like korea or china i've looked into it not not terrible you know that's something you wanted to be like set you back less than a hundred dollars that'd be nice
1: yeah 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 i'm actually looking at it now 600 bucks you're like hmm or that 600 games yeah but not, no, so, not
0: not not that one you don't want you want the one that's not, like got the 20 games it's cheaper
1: that's twi- <laughs> what it's not on like ebay oh, like it's not okay. on ebay
0: it's on like a different site it's on like ally express or something uh, but to get into this game fully and look at just the what kind of culture we lived in Let's one more time jump into our Wayback Machine and find out, do we want to live in... Was it? January 14th, 1987? January 14th, 1987. What could be Tyson's favorite show during this? What if Tyson wants to stay at home and watch TV? Would he rather watch L.A. Law? Specifically, Season 1, Episode 13. I didn't even screw up season and episode now, so... Prince Kazoot in a can. Under tremendous stress and pressure following recent events... Michael starts lashing out at Grace and his colleagues. Victor represents a teenager who is a whiz at computer fraud. Or Hulk Hogan's rockin' wrestling. Specifically, Season 2, Episode 13, Rowdy Rodder... Rowdy Roddy reforms? Roddy Piper gets hypnotized and starts acting nice.
1: What? Oh, man, that old Roddy Piper. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to go with Hulk Hogan's... uh heroes on this one Hulk Hogan's Heroes no it's (laughs) Hulk Hogan's Hulk Hogan's Rock and Roll Hulk Hogan's Heroes is when
0: Hulk Hogan uh, was actually working as a POW Uh, In a Nazi war camp Yeah. Yeah. where's Hitler brother (laughs) I'm gonna break him with the pythons right here Or is that more Macho Man I feel like I don't do a good Hulk Hogan I feel like I do a better Macho Man Oh yeah Uh, I guess they're different
1: (laughs) Yeah, Slight slight Oh but Hulk Hogan he's tough Uh, He's
0: American and he's got his biceps But Macho Man Yeah he's gonna get some Okay alright I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah, one's one's a little more slimy, and the other one's more about, like, you gotta take your vitamins, and mm. always just, be honest just, with uh, you, once
0: a month I watch, like, Macho Man videos, and then all I want to do is put on a cowboy hat and just, like, elbow drop people, so... <laughs> I like Macho Man, he's funny.
1: <laughs> I think it's probably the most responsible thing to do. It just literally just walk around dressed as a Macho Man and just elbow drop people. I have people.
0: created a columbus blue jacket super fan persona that is the macho man where i've got a cowboy hat and i've got a jersey with tassels on it and i've got glasses that have like a guy's name on them like oh yeah nice. so it's it's a good time <laughs> you know people really appreciate when they see me in public because i'm not definitely not an obnoxious asshole or would taste oh wait you didn't pick a show oh you did pick a show hulk hogan's heroes yeah <laughs>
1: Other
0: Other top TV shows that were on at this time were Elf, The Cosby Show, Head of Class, L.A. Law, Matlock, Family Ties, or Who's the Boss? Eh? Okay, Mm. how about Top Cartoons, Puppy's Great Adventure, Pee-wee's Playhouse, Pound Puppies, Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show, Smurfs, or The Berenstain Bears? So I don't know why Puppies, Great Adventure, and Pound Puppies are both popular at this point, or what the difference is, so...
1: Couldn't tell you? I... I yeah, sorry. Can't help you on this one. But I will say uh, cartoons are good. I remember Bugs Bunny and uh, Tweety Show being spectacular I Remember growing up with that, so, yeah. Well, I'll give it a pass. And the Berenstain Bears, or Berenstain Bears. Depends
0: which timeline you're from. Depends which timeline you're from, indeed. Uh, That's the only acceptable answer. the Puppies Great Adventure doesn't... It looks like they're just, like, regular dogs that maybe, like, go around and do stuff. Versus Pound Puppies, they live in a pound, so that's sad. If you don't rescue them, they die. Save those puppies! Moving on to the top songs of 1987. And we say... Hey, you know, like we're hanging out, we should probably turn on the radio and 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 rock out with all these cool 80s kids. We could be listening to the number three song according to the Billboard charts, The Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby. You don't look like they do.
1: Said, hell man, how can you stand to think that way? Did you really think about it before you make the booze?
0: That's just the way it is. Okay, how about the number two song? Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles.
1: Walk like an Egyptian.
0: The wind- yeah, there you go. There's a song you've heard.
1: Yeah, one. Yeah,
0: there you go, indeed. Or the number one song. Shake You Down by Greg Abbott. You picked up on my telepathy
1: now, baby. you my mind. You know your Girl, name. I want to shake you down. Well, well. I can give you all the love that you
0: need. I'm going to love you. Li- so, 33% as usual. 33%. It's not bad, you know.
1: That, that's not terrible. We've done worse. We've done
0: a lot worse. Worse. Top video games that came out this year were Punch Out, Contra, Double Dragon, The Goonies 2, Mega Man, Final Fantasy, Maniac Mansion, Dragon Quest 2, Leisure Suit Larry in the Land of Lounge Lizards. The last one was Leisure Suit Larry in the Lounge. In, stupid tongue in the Land of Lounge Lizards. So apparently, Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry is a character who's existed since the 80s. That's kind of exciting. We've also skipped over The Goonies 2, which apparently is kind of like a Metroidvania adventure game, which is pretty good. So, at some point if we ever decide to watch The Goonies, maybe we should play the corresponding The Goonies 2 video game. Eh?
1: (sighs) Ah... I didn't realize that there was a Goonies 2 video game, but I'm assuming it's only as classic as the movies.
0: I hope so. There were 35 movies released on January 1st, 1987. Jeez. And three released January 16th, 1987. I didn't write down the 35 movies, but I was like, man, there's a lot of movies. But the three movies released on January 16th were The Bedroom Window, Critical Condition, and Wanted dead or alive so yeah that's a thing I'll be honest with you movies kind of always just suck I think
1: yeah yeah I think if you just take any week because there's only like a handful of like decent movies unfortunately Um, I shouldn't say handful there's hundreds of good movies but when you look at them just like week by week the odds that you aren't you're just gonna get a shit week so. yeah
0: fair enough fair enough Yeah. alright On to Tyson's Part. That's literally what it's called. He hasn't given it a cool label yet, so until he brands it properly, it's called Tyson's Part.
1: Yep. So this one is the Hardwick House. It was aired February 24th, 1987. It's a large school uh, of titles with a staff uh, that's fairly dysfunctional. It's a British movie, or British TV show, by the way. Um, One teacher is a multiple murderer, while the de- uh, headmaster uh, lusts after the male students, one teacher was extended uh, is on extend exchange placement. That but the school refuses to have him back, so he just stuck there. Basically, it's just a hodgepodge of terrible ideas wrapped into a school British sitcom. So, am I supposed
0: to pick between Her- or Geraldo and this?
1: Yeah, that was original. That's what my my main thing uh, was,
0: uh, I kind of like the like but, multiple murderer teacher and this like deputy <laughs> headmaster who lusts after male students. I think I'm gonna go and with the one, the
1: one, the one teacher that uh, that won't get sent back to their actual uh, home country because the country just apparently doesn't yeah, want them back. I
0: think Hardwick House stays. I think that wins. Geraldo and you, your stupid fucking mystery, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so that was our Wayback Machine. Uh, do we like the new editions? I don't know. Maybe we'll listen back and like post after I've edited them and decide do we like our new edition. I think it adds something new and fun to the mix. Uh, moving on to the development details of Zelda Two. Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of the original Zelda, eh, intended to make Zelda Two: The Adventures of Link fundamentally different from its predecessors. A different team was assembled to develop this game. The Adventures of Link was re-released in 2003 on the Nintendo GameCube uh, Collector's Edition disc. And again in 2004 as part of the classic NES series for the Game Boy Advance, with minor changes. The intro text was changed to read 3rd Tried Fours, rather than "Number 3 Tried Fours, 4, and the copyright date was altered to read 1986 to 2004 Nintendo, so... That's important to know when copyright dates are. Thanks for not wasting anyone's time, Mick, you weirdo. (laughs) The death animation removes uh, the flashing colors and effects to prevent seizures. So, good job not giving seizures to children. There were also various (laughs) graphical and audio tweaks. It was released as the 100th title on the Wii's Virtual Console in Japan on January 23, 2007, in Europe and Australia on February 9, 2007, and was released in North America on June 4, 2007. The text changes were not made in this version, but it does feature the solid relief color in the death animation, so no one else would get seizures. The Adventures of Link were re-released again on the Wii Nintendo 3DS Virtual Console September 2011 alongside the first Legend of Zelda game as part of the 3D Ambassador program. So, now that you know all the dates that those games were released, you have no excuse not to play this game. Right, everyone?
1: Yes, because knowing the dates makes it... Yeah... (laughs) that makes it's a yeah, must
0: i'll be honest with you i really feel like when i was going through these notes all the development details we really hammered through the first time through uh so i didn't want to just rehash the first podcast so i was looking for completely new information but we really bled the tank dry on this one so
1: yeah especially since it's just unfortunate like i want to know more about like how they pro- like program this game and like all the thing all their like I want to see more to like the back to the making yeah. of these games, but unfortunately, just, all that information just lost yeah, the time. Very
0: true, very true. So. Uh, or I mean, some of it like it's it's pretty common knowledge, I think, for the most part. Or it's, I think it's the opposite. It's not lost time. It's just so common knowledge and so mundane. They're like, "No, oh, we want to make this game, so we just made it. There was no drama. It was yeah, we made I, the game, and then you saw it.
1: First one yeah. was the hit. Therefore, yeah, second
0: exactly. On my current playthrough. We find out the real Zelda, not that fake girl from the first one, is still sleeping. Can you awaken her while being hunted down by Ganon and his minions? Replaying this game, uh, so I replayed through actually I think my file from the very first show. uh, And I had all my spells and experience maxed out. It was great. I recommend everyone struggle through this game once. So you can experience how much fun it can be if you have all the spells. And like... 8 stats on everything right off the
1: bat so does help it definitely does help cuz i mean this game is a, kind of about the grind but once you've kind of climbed that mountain it it's so rewarding <coughs> the uh, one this this game i think looking back at it some people who judge it a little bit more harshly look at it because like oh well as soon as you die you just lose so much and that was my complaint if you listen, like, go back yeah. and listen and to, to my counter argument, myself would be um, it's because that's the point. Like the point is, this is going to be hard. So when you are <clears throat> when you do complete this game, it's that much more rewarding. Um, and that was the that's the whole sense of accomplishment in this game. It's about exploring and everything, but not only that, it's about growth and feeling stronger and not only your ability to just basically be afraid to take on enemies, to be like, no, I can handle anything in this game. Come at me.
0: Very true. Very nice. Awesome. Uh, So has anything changed since our first show? Uh, I am... Obviously, out on a limb for this game, uh, I think the best way to describe a Zelda game, it isn't a puzzle, but it's a maze. So a puzzle is something completely a, a unique experience. So every time you play a puzzle, it should be different, right? So all the pieces are different. They're in different places. You need to find them, put them in order. Whereas a maze is the same. So once you play through a maze or, like, you know your way through the maze, you can kind of go through it faster and faster and faster and have more fun with it, right? Uh, so I feel like every every Zelda fan should take their time, learn the maze, learn the patterns, learn the route to take. Then you go back and you play it, and it's become it's easier and it's easier. So I think that's how I would describe Zelda games. Is their maze games? Would you agree with that sentiment, Tyson?
1: Um, I would. And much like a book, that's something that you can, be, that you can pick up... You you, you may have forgotten little bits and pieces. The overall, it, it's overall the same, and you're going to remember it. But you're going to miss the little details. And when you go back and re- revisit it, it's little details that stand out the most to you. And that's that's what this game does in, in just spades. Like every everywhere you look, there's little like little hidden gems. Just so when you go back and replay it, you're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that fairy fountain just hiding around there, or I forgot about this stupid enemy, or I forgot about this little glitch that I abused last time. So, it's, it's, it's something to not, like, I think it ages a lot better than games like, uh, most other games, I would even say, like, even compared to just like a Castlevania game that does a similar thing, but because this game gives you the freedom to just do whatever you want, it's, it, it's you can go at your fast pace, you can go to slow pace, and you can do things in kind of whatever order you want. You can kind of make it your own, or you can do what you've always done. So, it's a maze, but it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure maze.
0: Very true, very true. Awesome. So, let's move on and look at the cultural significance of what Zelda 2 is. Normally, i defend Zelda 2. It's a misunderstood, but great game. We only had one game before, so when they tried something new, it wasn't not well-received as the original. At one point, there was Zelda for the NES, Zelda 2, Link's Awakening... Link to the Past, and Ocarina of Time. So I could see how one of these things is not like the others. But I won't waste too much time arguing that I think Zelda 2 uh, is often looked as like, it's just a bad game. It's really good. Uh, but we're going to look at great franchises with one sequel that people cannot stand. We have Fast and the Furious. Too fast, too furious. Vin Diesel declined a role in this film over Triple X. I think I would call that a lateral move, going from Fast and the Furious to Triple X. I don't know if he's any greater as a result of it.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty lateral move. This
0: film was very poorly received. It has received a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes and literally could have killed off one of the best modern film franchises. Oops. One of the best modern film franchises that we have going for us today. How about Blair Witch? Book of Shadows. Blair Witch 2? made money because every horror movie ever makes money. It grossed $47.7 million on a $15 million budget. It is a film that is based in a reality where the Blair Witch film exists, but it's real and it's awful. The 2006 uh, remake made $45 million on a $5 million budget and is dumb, but at least it's like kind of scary. Uh, and just for reference sake... The original Blair Witch project cost $60,000 to make and made $250 million. So.
1: Yeah. I don't understand how they spent $15 million on that trash heap. Like, if you've watched this movie and, like, the the six people out there that you've watched this movie. um, Well, more more people watch it. Like, actually. No, I guess more people did did watch it. It made $47 million. It's just like, man, it's so garbage. Like, the story is. Non-existent. It was just like they, they try the first people to grab a like bunch of cameras that could slap together something that was took place in the woods, and they called it the yeah. Blair Witch. Oh,
0: and it's absolutely just atrocious. And I think honestly, I like Blair Witch. I think the first Blair Witch movie, it's a like a great film for what it is, and I appreciate. And even the remake, like the one that came out, yeah, it's not great. That's not the worst thing in the world. It's not great, but like I think Blair Witch Two killed that franchise. Like, had they made a competent sequel, something that was worthwhile, had some was fun or something like that, it could have been a lot better. But instead, they just made some awful, weird, generic 2000 horror movie, you know?
1: Yeah, they just did the first, like, they were just like, how can we grab as much cash as we physically can? And they just tried to do it. And I agree with you. I, I think that the Blair Witch, like, the first one movie, like, you have to appreciate it for what it was. Like, people that look back on it now and they kind of, like, shit all over it, you're like, man you make a better movie with $60,000 in 1990. Like, that is crazy impressive, what they did. So, like, I I think you you have to give movies that don't have a lot of experienced filmmakers or, like, a big production company behind them, a lot of, like, extra credit when they knock things out of the park, and, yeah. Blair Witch did that, and I think, unfortunately, because of its success, we've gotten a lot of
0: Paranormal Activity. Joyous, uh, Yeah. You name it, like any of the modern horror films. every found footage Take a lot movies, from this. And yeah. I mean, had Blair Witch just stayed with that simple premise of there's an overlying storyline of this witch that steals these kids or something going on, and they just do these found footage flicks in the woods, I think it could be at, probably more successful than Paranormal Activity is, but they didn't have the hindsight they wanted to do. Like, there must have been a script that they tried to shoehorn into this. It was dumb. It was terrible. Wrecked the franchise. Or we could look at Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3, it was so convoluted. It had so much going on between Sandman and evil Spider-Man and Venom. Uh, And then I'm sure there was like a dumb love story somewhere in there. It's actually hard to go back and watch. And it it really isn't that entertaining. Uh, Spider-Man 1 and 2, I think are both really good films. Spider-Man 3, eh. It was... They then rebooted it with Amazing Spider-Man, which is like... It's okay. It's kind of just... Nothing special. It's not terrible. And then they had the Amazing Spider-Man two, which is also bad. They were actually so bad that they, that Sony had to restart the franchise after both of them, and sell off Spider-Man to, back to Marvel so that he could be in the Avengers, like the MCU. So, way to go, Spider-Man three.
1: Yeah, and the Amazing Spider-Man. It's one of those things where like, did you guys just not get what? Did you not listen to a single person that liked the movie that likes this this character? Like if the, it. I think the Spider-Man movies are a pretty prime example of people that have the rights to something but don't actually have the passion for it. They're like I well like that's like me having the rights to a Barbie movie. I'm not going to be the most accurate to the source material guy to make your movie, but I'm going to do it anyways cuz I want to make money, so I'm just going to go go ahead and yep, do this. That's like
0: very fair yeah and i think spider-man the fact they were trying to make it dark and gritty it worked for the dark knight because batman is a dark and gritty character you know it, like it doesn't work for everything so i mean they have to appreciate that and spider-man should be kind of fun and campy that's fine like he can be realistic but it doesn't be dark and grimy but i digress or how about the rocky franchise rocky 5 easily one of the greatest movie franchises of all time it's about a dumb philadelphian boxer who does good and in the fifth one he ends up in a back alley brawl Versus his pr- protege Most of these movies make me feel something This one just made me feel bored
1: Yeah, I didn't I I have avoided watching This Rocky movie for a specific reason It's like ugh. Tommy. Rocky Tom, movies jump the shark Tommy
0: gun, oh good old Tommy gun Or how about The Land Before Time Every film From two onward From what is one of the greatest animated Movies of all time it's fun. It's original. It's thrilling. It's scary. It's heartwarming. Whereas all the rest of them are just colorful, song-filled distractions for children. So you watch *The Land Before Time* now, and it like challenges things like death, love, the unknown, uh, fears. Uh, it's like a fun, kind of dark, grimy world. And all the rest of them is them just dancing around with like different dinosaurs, singing about like them getting teeth.
1: Or like being friends and friendship yeah, and they're
0: like, "Oh man, if only we
1: togetherness."
0: Yeah, and, it's yeah. You know. So I I think every film after that's so probably *Land Before Time* to the fact they didn't go more of a d- dirty, grimy route with it uh, and tell an actual, real story, and kind of opted for kind of the more kid friendly thing. I mean, they made lots of money; they're still making them today. So I don't know. It's it's sad. So those are kind of my one movie franchise, one film in a franchise that that wrecked a whole series. Not all of them were wrecked. Like, Fast and the Furious kind of rebounded. It's still great. And I think Zelda 2, even though people look down upon it, and I will argue it's great. I understand if you don't like it. That's fine. Uh, but the fact that Zelda is still going great and we still have, like, Breath of the Wilds that are, like, revolutionizing open-world gameplay and stuff today is really cool. And I think had Zelda 2 not come out or then take a chance or was better received worse received I don't know where we'd be at today so thank you for that Zelda 2 and I think that's culturally significant
1: um and one last note the one reason why I think that this is also kind of culturally significant is because it kind of established early on that they weren't afraid to take risks and that has paid off di- like dividends just for this franchise as a whole, it seems like because they took risks and they weren't afraid to like think outside the box, we get great games like Majora's Mask or Wind Waker or Breath of the Wild. Games that, like, you don't you look like you could go a very safe route, but because you went a little bit more risky, you end up something that is kind of ends up more timeless. Yeah,
0: very so. true, very true. All right, so final, are we? Are you buying it? Which is where we do kind of like a fan theory on this game. And I think we're done. So have I found the three goddesses of Hyrule? First off, let's look at four. The goddess of courage. For this to make sense, let's say it is Palantuna from Kid Icarus. Uh, She had, uh, she brought life to the planet. She brought, uh, yeah, I think she gave life to the planet or law or something. And she was green. I discussed that in Kid Icarus a little bit better. So, we have two more goddesses to go for. Nairu, the goddess of wisdom, poured out her wisdom onto the land and gave it spirit and law. This one could be a reach, but Rosalina from Mario Galaxy? At the end of Mario Galaxy, she actually resets the universe. Uh, She is wise and helps create life. I know my argument is weak, but... Link was shown to be sleeping in a bed in Mario RPG, so Mario and Link could share the same universe, which means potentially Rosalina exists, which means, could she be the goddess Nairu? So that means we have to find a goddess Din. Din, the pow- the goddess of power. I looked for a tie, and found that there was a game called Final Fantasy 1, and in it, there's a grave that reads, Here lies Link in an elf village. If we believe this to be canon, Link once lived in the world of Final Fantasy. Is there a chance that a Final Fantasy character, or is there a character in Final Fantasy who controls fire? What about Ifrit, the demon god of the underworld? He has strong, powerful firearms that could be used to shape the world. And they say their goddesses are depicted as beautiful women. But who says a demon god couldn't disguise himself? So, there you go. Could Rosalina and Ifrit and Pelantuna be the three goddesses of Hyrule. To tie this together with magical items, we'd have to look at some items that each of them could bring. I would say that Ifrit would probably be tasked with bringing a powerful sword, maybe a master sword, or some equipment like a Hylian shield or a, to this world. And for Rosalina, because Mario, they have all these great mushrooms, Okay, maybe my argument doesn't run out of steam, but I thought I'd take a shot at it. And this is something I want to grow and build. And I want to see if I can build my extended Nintendo universe. Eh? What do you think?
1: Yeah. I All like right. it. I like it. It's nice to kind of make, try to like theorize and make things fit. Very. Because <clears throat> maybe, um, maybe it's not Rosalina when we play a different game. We kind of get like a, oh didn't even realize they were bringing Capcom games or Konami games into the fold so I think the more and more games we play the more and more information we'll have to draw from to try to link everything together because right, so we, st- I think I think that Zelda is the key because I think Zelda is kind of like the, the central of uh, their central hub of the uh, the Nintendo verse as it were
0: very so. nice uh, but I mean that's a pretty good pull, right here lies Link in Final Fantasy yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did some work, guys. One of the (laughs) ideas was resetting these shows, too, was we were going to do games, kind of talk about them in that format. Obviously, we did two games, so we went a little bit longer. But, I mean, if you look at half this podcast, so we're at about an hour... Or like 80 minutes, so 40 minutes. And then we were going to do a side quest cinema based on one of the movies that were released during this. So we'd look at, I don't know, like a random movie uh, and kind of discuss it. Kind of just as like a fun kind of end topic. And just kind of help towards that pop culture uh, and our movie review segments. Uh, For right now, we've looked at the list and just the movies I read to you. They all look like they suck dick. And we opted not to do that today, so we're just going to end the show here. We're not going to dive into that. Uh, next, you will be hearing us in a side quest cinema when we dive into a movie franchise. Do we spoil it, or yeah. do we just release it? What do you think?
1: I don't know. Do our diehard fans deserve to know? Because they'll be the only ones that listened to to this point in the show at least.
0: Yeah, well, so. I mean, when this one is released, you've got 2 weeks we've got a c- coming out. Uh, you know what, hit us up, send us an email, send us a tweet. It's not a secret, but you have to ask for it. I'm not just going to give it away here. You have to work for it. You need to come contact us, send us an email, ask what it is, and we will tell you. Although I feel like we might have said it in a previous episode. So, if you're really paying attention, you probably know. Otherwise, when we see you next, we'll be inside. We'll we'll be sitting around by our fireplaces and our big Winged back chairs and our robes, si- sipping some brandy, yep. talking about a fun movie. So, until then, we bid you a do, I don't know, something. Say goodbye.
1: Uh, au revoir. Au
0: revoir from folks at Podtendo, and see you next time on SideQuest Cinema. I want to get that. Dun- 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 song for SideQuest Cinema, because I feel like it should be a very regal experience.
1: Ah, yes, yes. It was very classic. Very classic. Like, like, like the opening of the uh, the episode of uh, uh, Great Expectations in South Park with Pip. <laughs> I was
0: thinking about that the other day. Oh, because I was cleaning out a bunch of books that were like built into a cupboard at Grandpa's house, and one of them was like Jane Austen's work and this. And I was like, I wonder how many people in the world believe that great expectations legitimately ends with a device that sucks young men of their like life force
1: i don't know but i i hope that there's a percentage yeah
0: Yeah. all right i i hope so too i hope there's some people like man that's charles dixon had like some really good books like the the genesis machine that he has at great end of great expectations like blew my expectations right
1: I did not see that coming.
0: Like, I hope someone wrote that in the book report. At some point, <laughs> and they're like, "No, you clearly just watched the Pips episode of South Park, you idiot." <laughs> uh, okay,
1: I'm going to send you this.
0: Oh, you stopped recording?
1: Oh no, I haven't okay. yet. Should no, I, I want this
0: included. So we'll say, we'll say bye and then we'll get out of here. All right, bye guys.
1: Right. Bye. Guys. Thank you for
0: listening. You can contact Potendo on. Twitter at podtendo podcast email us at podtendo at gmail.com check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash podtendo or on YouTube at youtube.com slash podtendo Uh, the music of podtendo was used without permission and if you try to sue us we don't have any money